head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 221 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. Shawnee Podcast. Joined today by the Harry Maguire of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. And we're going to talk about a big week in the world of MMA and a big night. We're about five minutes removed here from uh, UFC on ESPN, Newark, or wherever it was, and uh, Robbie Lawler and uh, Colby Covington. Graham, how are you? How are things? Uh, the Harry Maguire comment, that's a bit thats a bit much. You have a big slab head in you, though, in fairness. I though, do have yeah. a big head, but like yeah. it's not that big. Well, my friends... Like, like my, head, my head fits into certain caps, like when yeah. like Harry Maguire. I've, I've, a bit of, I've, a, I've just a fat head. No, I have a big head as well, I suppose. But I suppose I could look at it the other way and be like, man, not his most expensive ever player. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the best and uh, most expensive defender in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, the you, best. What can you yeah, do? if you exclude like about twelve to how, fifteen, uh, how, at the very least. How very dare you? How very dare you? Uh, I think we'll get straight into the podcast because we have a lot of things to talk about, and we have don't have that much time today. So, uh, Robbie Lawler versus Colby Covington. Um, obviously, it's kind of just happened here, so we're uh, kind of an immediate reaction to it. Uh, but it was, it was. An okay fight, a good... I really enjoyed the fight. I was talking to a few people and they didn't really like it. And I think I I enjoyed the fight because I was kind of... I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. I'm giving it a 4.3, which suggests it's not a great fight. But I I feel like, you know, Robbie Lawler coming into this and Colby Covington coming into this, if if you were to put Colby Covington and Robbie Lawler striking for... Uh, you know, a large portion of the fight. Okay, there was maybe two rounds that were almost all wrestling, but then the other three and a bit of the other two as well were were. There was a lot of striking in it, like, and for Colby Covington to win that battle and to beat Robbie Lawler in the striking and win every round on every judge's card, that was. I have to say that was a very very good uh, display by Colby Covington. Oh, you can say what you want about Colby outside of the cage and all, but for me, I thought he was very good. I thought he dominated Robbie Lawler and beat him well. What do you think? Yeah, he clearly dominated him. Like uh, it was, uh, it was easier. I knew, I knew he. I, well, I thought he'd get takedowns, but I didn't think he'd get them that easy. He pretty much took them down whenever he wanted, and he, he had Robbie Lawler so worried about the takedowns and so fatigued that f- from trying to defend and uh, was putting him in just awkward. When he was on top, he's just putting him in awkward positions and just like squeezing his head and cranking his neck. Not, not really trying to finish, but just making it so uncomfortable and leaning all his weight on him and just making it nasty and like Robbie Lawler has been in a lot of like a lot of wars and stuff but I don't know if he's been grinded on like that like so re- uh, relentlessly and then on the feet like where you think oh Robbie Lawler's just got back up now now is his time just the pressure and the the amount of strikes and jabs even though maybe they're not the best strikes in the world but they're just constant constant in uh, in your face and and even if he lands one he's not trying to get the finish he's just trying to set up another takedown you know mm-hmm. and he, he just he just took him down with ease and whenever he wanted pretty much and he must have got him down close to 20 times and he could have gotten down more if he wanted to mm-hmm. the, the thing about it as well like watching the kind of the meta game i suppose of both guys uh they both kind of change it up from what they usually do. Like, okay, Robbie Lawler from the start. I actually thought Robbie Lawler started extremely well in the first minute or so of the fight. 
I tweeted out and you know during the fight that it's very very hard for guys like like a McGregor or like a Lawler you know good strikers who are fighting unbelievably de- you know demoralizing wrestlers that just take away your soul it's unbelievably hard to push forward against them and use your striking and go with your game you know McGregor talked about it after fighting Habib and he said that was a big mistake he made and all fighters do because it's it's an impossible trap not to fall into it's not even a trap it's just a reality but Robbie Lawler did well I thought in the first minute of the fight he was pushing forward he landed a few shots but as I said and kind of on the podcast last week and I tweeted before it Colby striking is not as bad as people make out at all like Col- people think Colby Covington and Ben Askren are the same thing but they're really not Colby Covington is not a bad striker he's not a great striker but he's not atrocious he's not terrible like people make out he landed a lovely left hand like maybe 15 I think it's improving as well I, don't, I think mm-hmm. it's definitely gotten better and he, he knows how to use his, his abilities in the striking better than before yeah. Yeah, but he, yeah, I 100% agree. You know, people look back at the Damian Maya fight, and fair enough, but people do change, people do get better. And I agree with what you said there. It's the way he uses it. Like he, and it's, uh, uh, I think actually we might have been, uh, things might have changed a little bit tonight. I think things might have changed because Colby does use it well to get to his wrestling and stuff. But there was large portions of that fight tonight. He wasn't using it to get to his wrestling. He was just winning the fight with it. You know, he was jabbing up Robbie Lawler. Now, Robbie was doing a great job of moving his head. Robbie didn't take that many shots in kind of the, the third and fourth round. Yeah, that's all well and good, though, if you're firing back. We're, exactly, we're, yeah. You know, just the odd shot here and there. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you'll get the KO, but your arms are already tired from defending all these tight ends and getting back up and getting taken back down again. And it's just it he needed to swing more but like also when he swung he was risking getting taken down and he did he just worked to get up like 15 to 20 times so you can understand his his apprehension Mm -hmm. to do that like yeah look i thought it was excellent by colby covington but i have to say i thought it was relatively poor by robbie lawler after the first minute or two of the fight like robbie's good at coming late and stuff like that and i thought he was playing maybe a bit of a a homer simpson game and during the i think it was the second round where robbie robbie was just waiting there and he was moving his head very well but letting colby punch and punch and punch and punch and i thought he was maybe trying to wear colby out a little bit and colby definitely got a little bit tired going into the late in the fourth and towards the fifth but his cardio is unbelievable but Robbie just, he couldn't let his hands go in the fifth and fourth. You know, we saw him in previous fights against uh, Johnny Hendricks and Robbie Lawler and stuff doing that and being able to let go. And he's definitely dangerous there. But I don't know, is Robbie Lawler Robbie Lawler anymore? You know, I, d- I don't know. Is that the same guy that we've known for years and years and years? Now, that I don't take anything away from Colby with that. Colby still had to go in there and beat him. And I'm sure if he gave him the opportunity, he would have beaten him. But I wonder if that fight happened five years ago. Would have been have have been a little bit of a different story coming into the fourth and the fifth round because Colby was giving him opportunities. Like he was, Colby gave him opportunities on the feet. He wasn't Colby wasn't the usual relentlessness as uh, you know th- that he usually is. Okay, he was for the first two rounds, but you know I think they said that uh, like he'd six takedowns at one stage in like the fourth round, which you know Robbie Lawler got up from almost all of them. I think. So, which, for Colby, is <laughs> like something, if Robbie Lawler gets up from all of them, you'd think he'd have more, do you know what I mean? You know, Because going into this fight, a lot of people, I, I thought that way, but I thought Colby would be able to strike as well. But a lot of people thought that it was just going to be all takedowns from, from Colby. And, it, you know, it really wasn't that, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, I <laughs> I feel like I'm a lot more positive than other people. There was, I, I was funny, I was talking to a few of my friends this evening. Well, I think part were, of it is them not yeah. wanting Colby Covington. People were not wanting well, Colby yeah. Covington. Colby Covington to win yeah. uh, because they don't like him mm-hmm. uh, and then when 
they're frustrated, but <clears throat> they're frustrated by the fight maybe because of that. Yeah, and I was as I was saying, I was talking to a few of my friends tonight because it was on early and they were watching it, and they really didn't like this fight at all. So I think this was the sort of fight that I think you had to. You had to be like breaking it down before the fight to appreciate what actually happened in it and be like invested in how the fight would be broken down. Uh, you know, whereas otherwise you, it wasn't a great fight, I suppose, for people. So, and as you said, let me just run through quickly what I got into the fight and I want, what happened in the fight. And I want to talk about a couple more things after that then. Um, the first round, as I said, Robbie Lawler started well early. There was good exchange of shots. As I said, Kobe landed that big left hand at one stage. Robbie landed a couple as well. Then Kobe got the takedown. Robbie got up late, but it was definitely Kobe's round. Uh, in the second, uh, Kobe got another takedown. Rob, Robbie got up as well. But Kobe was landing his, his shots near the end. Those jabs, Robbie was moving his head really, really well, not taking many. Uh, in the third, Kobe just boxed him up, really. He only got one takedown, I believe, in the third. Uh, in in the fourth, in, it was all Kobe striking as well. And in the fifth, it was probably the... The, the, the third was a relatively close round. Kobe definitely won it. And the fifth was a relatively close round as well, although Colby won as well. He landed some big shots. Robbie had him, I wouldn't say he had him hurt twice during the fight, but he landed two big shots during the fight. I think one was in the one was in the third and one was in the fifth as well. I think he landed one near the end in the fifth, but Colby came out and threw that big kind of spinning shot behind it as well, which was which was pretty good to him. But overall, you know, it was a I could see maybe one round for Robbie if you're given maybe the, the third or maybe the fifth, but I had it all for Colby to be honest. I, I thought he won all the rounds, but it was to me watching it. I'm I'm more excited now for the Usman fight than I ever have been. Like I I was I would uh, I want to see fights like tonight i'd really like fights like tonight where it's a wrestler going in there and fighting someone who has good takedown defenses and, and is a good striker that's a sort of sort of interesting matchup i want to see but now i think like i, I appreciate colby covington striking probably more than most people and i've talked about it before but him against usman even if it does turn into a striking matchup which we kind of dread when yeah. wrestlers fight each other that might be too well, bad Usman's striking isn't as bad as people no, would make out either uh yeah. you know he proved that in the last fight and I think there's a tendency to when somebody's so good at wrestling, for example, or one style that to think, oh well, they're they're more weak elsewhere than maybe maybe they are, like because it's not at the at their extreme high level, like for example, like Habib or or even Connor on the ground or loads of different examples, like um, people like kind of assume they're like Ben Askren in that aspect, as you kind of m- mentioned uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, like. I think both guys would back themselves to have the better wrestling. So maybe early on there'd be a bit of a, a, gra- a grapple, but maybe maybe it would kind of turn into a stalemate and end up as a as a kickboxing match. But I don't think that would be as terrible as maybe people would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think actually... I'm interested. I'm interested to see who the better fighter is. Like, Me too. So, yeah. uh, I'm not sure anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I think it's like I've, as I said, I've never been more excited for the fight than I am right now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I hope they, they, they do make the fight. But you know, kind of getting off the point, I suppose, and off the, the fight is, you know, the next fight we, we hope will be Colby versus Usman. I wrote an article I put up on, on Patreon there during the week talking about uh, who's going to be next for the welterweight title, and I said, you know, could be Masvidal, but it could be Colby. But I think Colby has to do the right thing and play it the right way this week and win well. Okay, he got the good win. He, he destroyed Robbie Lawler maybe he could have got a, a finish to make it look a little bit better but to me I think he played his heel game very better very well better than he's ever played it before because before it was very kind of and you suck the yeah. Kurt Angle you suck thing was very funny in fairness to today during the fight 
I like I'm I don't hate Colby. I'm not this. I I appreciate what Colby's doing. I don't. Ah, you know, come on, you do hate him a little bit. I don't he know. Caught I, you. I, I he caught under your skin. <laughs> he, years ago. he never got under. Well, that Pindred thing, I didn't like that. But that was before I realized what he was. I was a bit of a mark back then for him. But um, recently, I don't really care. You know, it's stupid as dickheadish, but I, he's doing it for a reaction and stuff like that. And it's it's never I've never really found it that funny. There's been little things and stuff, but mostly are stupid. Like having the women with him during the week at the press conference up, just just stupid shit like that. It's that's it's not less funny. funny than more more trolling. Yeah, but today's trolling during before the fight with the Kurt Angle you suck song coming out and having the Trump lads there and having Donald Trump tweet about him, I thought it was fucking hilarious because Kobe Covington has, has and it was probably good for the numbers like yeah, uh, yeah. on ESPN because like there is a lot of people who support Trump there is but Kobe Covington has trolled his way to the president of America tweeting out his fight like how insane of a good job has he done to troll his way that far like even if you hate Trump and you hate Colby Covington and everything you have to appreciate how far this fucking game has gone for him to get there like it's actually it's really bad like it's actually it's actually really really mad like and it's all a troll game it's all a troll game I suppose it was it was great for the whole thing up until up until the Matthews coming like and if we were kind of just about to start the podcast and we kind of saw it in the background as we were starting the podcast and I was like well, what happened there I saw a few people tweeting about it so I got someone to send it on to me and this is exactly what he said about Matthews which was oh, okay well, Jesus it was bad like so he said let's talk about the lesson we learned here tonight it's a lesson Matthews learned you stay off the track when the train is coming through so obviously if, if you don't know Matthews was called I was a uh, Robbie Lawler's trainer for years and years uh, and his first trainer and he got hit by a train he was in his car and he got hit by a train and he got hurt almost killed and he was lucky to survive and Colby said that after he beat Robbie Lawler so that was that was insane like it was a pretty pretty bad thing to say but that's what Colby is you know he has that heel he has that shock factor and I suppose that will only be recognized maybe by the hardcores who already maybe hate Colby a little bit like that and the people on ESPN won't really know what that means or probably won't be explained on the broadcast uh but they'll see the Trump stuff you know as you were saying Graham and they will see what uh you know donald trump tweeting and i'm sure donald trump tweeting would have got people in to watch it so for colby okay you take away the mad Hughes comment which was really really bad but you look at everything else and you look at the walker with the you suck and i'm sure kurt angle will be tweeting that out and all it was really really funny to you suck you look at the trumps afterwards and people cheering him and all it was it was mad like and you look at the, the two trumps sitting there watching being fans of him you know that's that's the sort of exposure you can't buy for the you know whatever ever side of the the you know the button you come down on or the kind of the button the kind that is that is big for Colby Covington and it is big for for the UFC and it's big for kind of his troll game so I suppose let's let's see where it goes but it's it's probably going straight into a UFC title match now uh next of all here against uh against Cameron Usman uh, so I better, I suppose we better, we better talk about the the rest of the card here. Anything else, Grims, stand out to you? And I suppose the only thing that stood out really was the the stoppages, weren't there? And the, the chokes, and yeah. One of them, the first one. Okay, it was tough to see. Mm-hmm. I understand it was uh, looking at it maybe as a camera angle, but you know his position wasn't ideal to the situation. But he couldn't have really known that exactly what was going to happen. So he, I let him off that one, but. Uh, Lifting his arm three times and it just flopping to the ground before stopping it in, in the next fight was the bad luck when it happens twice in a row. Like it, 
<laughs> the first one you'd let him away with if it was he'd be led away with it if it was an isolated situation probably but now it's two in a row it, it look it kind of highlights the second one even more like and it was it was really bad like yeah i think the refereeing in general tonight was absolutely atrocious i agree with you we'll go through those three just quickly one by one so it was the the jim miller clay guida fight that was the really really bad one where clay guida was obviously choked out with the guillotine he lifted up his arm it fell it was a hundred percent asleep. It was it was a lot. It's not easy, but it's it's not as tough as as other ones. He lifted it again. It was still gone. And he lifted it a third time. He's like, I better fucking stop this. It was really, 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 really late. And look, I think personally, it's better to leave submissions go a little bit later when it's a choke like that. Because if look, you're out, you're out, and one second's not going to make any difference. You know, loads of people have talked about it before. I'm no expert in it, but we we know that to be a fact. But leaving it go like five seconds too long like he did that was that was way too much like personally i thought they fight earlier in the night uh where it was uh, antonina shevchenko where she got a good win over lucy pudlova who's a, a good fighter as well and she got the, the submission in that one that was a tough one because the referee she was belly down the referee kind of lifted the arm she moved it he lifted it again she moved it a little bit again and she looked like she was out it looked like it looked bad but there was definitely a bit of movement in that arm and he was the closest to it and then he went around to the other side checked again and she wasn't moving and he stopped it like I think that was personally I think that was good refereeing I think it looked really really bad and but I, I take the referee side of it like if Herb had done the same thing and saw hands moving or saw him fall in an awkward position and you know th- there was signs of life there I would I would have said the same but I don't I, Herb didn't like Herb's one was just a bad one and the one before that okay he was on the wrong side maybe he could have got uh, better positioning who was the, the Gerald Murchart one you were, you were saying about that as well weren't you just better positioning maybe yeah, it is difficult though. Like that one, I'd let him away with. Like, but mm-hmm. it is a tough job refereeing. But Herb Dean's had, <clears throat> you've mentioned a few times, had a had a good few now at this stage, and his he's kind of deteriorated as a referee. Maybe I don't know if he he's yeah. just doesn't have the passion for it. Maybe anymore. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I just laughed there because I'm looking at Wikipedia and it says Donald Trump defeated Robbie Lawler by unanimous decision. I was like, fucking Donald Trump beat Robbie Lawler, Jesus. But yeah, yeah, look, Herb was, uh, yeah, Herb is bad. He needs to be taken out of there. Like, give Herb a month off to let him go around. He needs a bit of a rest, I think. He needs a bit of maybe a bit more going to training again and go through these things that you need to do and take some time off. Like, Herb needs to be suspended, I think. This can't keep going on. This is livelihoods and lives and health are at risk here. And that those are big stakes. Okay, we might go overboard and say he could, someone could die. Look, someone's not probably going to die, even if he makes a bad mistake. But someone could be out for a year because of a mistake. Someone could, it could change their, their whole career. Someone could lose a fight. Like, Robbie Lawler against Ben Askren. If he'd beaten Ben Askren there and come out and won another fight after or whatever, Robbie Lawler could be back into the title fight. And now it looks like Robbie Lawler's kind of gone from the picture altogether. Like, that's... That's a big issue, and Herb has done that more than once, and he's done it more than 10 times probably in the last year, and that's that's a problem. That is a big, big problem, and I think Herb needs to be kind of taken out. But of it is point. a tough job, and it when you tough. do bring in unknown guys, like a lot of times it, it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when you give guys a chance and bring in new guys, like it, it takes. I think it takes a lot of experience to get good at, um, and it's... it's um, 
there, we do need some good, some new good guys, new, new good referees. But uh, I don't know. There isn't I that many really, of them either. That's the yeah. Issue. Who's who, who's really standing out? Like you know, Jason Hurd's always getting more action mm-hmm. uh, in in UFC and used to be nearly exclusively Bellator. So that's good. But besides him, Keith Peterson is good. I think he's very yeah. Good. He's been around a while. Like yeah, yeah, I don't know why he doesn't get more. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't want to do more. You know, maybe. Yeah. It, maybe he doesn't like being in the circus and going around the place all the time. Yeah, I, I thought the the little Brock Lesnar lad was really bad as well tonight in that uh, that uh, Sostik Injukuzu fight. These were in the main card, lads. Uh, or were they? they, they were oh, yeah, like, he really oh. wouldn't shut up. Like, he was <sighs> dragging the, it out. The worst was, like, he got kicked in the nuts, like, four times. He took a point away, and then he, like, was going to take another point away, and he was like, oh, he went to the commission. He was like, what should I do? Should I disqualify him here? Should I take a point? And I was like... You should know the fucking rules, like. You should know the rules before you step into that cage. You shouldn't be having to go out and ask the commission what the rules are. You should say, here's what happened. Here, I'm going to take a point. Here's what happened. I'm going to disqualify him. Make your decision. You don't go out and ask someone else, what's the rules here? Like, imagine if the fucking referee in the Premier League game went out and goes, here, lads, was that a red card? Or what's what's the crack here? Should should I let the game play on? Like, who, who's what, what's the rule here? It's like... That's that's fucking the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen. And I saw some people saying, like, oh, he's doing a great job here going and asking. It's fucking idiotic, like. Jesus Christ, he, uh, he doesn't know the rules. You have a referee refing in the UFC and he doesn't know the rules in that state. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He literally doesn't know what he's doing in there. It's fucking insane, like. It's insane that we this sport is... <laughs> this fucking sport, like. It's so stupid. It's the stupidest sport in the world. But anyway. Um, I suppose One thing we did get from tonight, on. though, like, shout out to Botter and fairness to him, Jeremy Botter finally said something factual and mildly funny after, after yeah. many years of trying on Twitter that... that uh, Herb Dean went for the pro wrestling three mm-hmm. three lift count out before uh, before ending the fight. So uh, congratulations, Jeremy! It took oh, a long time. But it did. He, he got said a, something he, factual. He got a tweet from the Rock as well. Funny. He got a tweet from the Rock yesterday. The fucker. So Jeremy's blown up the last. It's couple all of coming up butter. <coughs> it is all coming up butter. Um, I suppose other than that, there wasn't really much in this card. As, as I mentioned, Jim Miller got a really really good uh, submission over Clay Guida. Fifty eight seconds of fight, but that was a mad fight altogether. Two knockdowns and all and that. Nazrat Hakparas, my boy. This guy, this guy is is the next big thing coming up at lightweight. He is very, very good. He's an all rounder. He can do it all. He GSP in his corner tonight, fighting out a tri-star. Beat Joachim Silva by KO in the second round. Just, I love this KO because we. I talk a lot about you know hand fighting and the jab and stuff going through. Uh, Silva tried the hand fight with him, and he was just like, "Fuck that!" Pushed down the hand over the top and knocked him out. Just simple, brilliant pig-headedness. That's something like Robbie Lawler needed tonight. Just fuck your jab, Colby. Over the top, bang, knockout. Like, there's a lot to be said for that. A lot to be said for just simplicity like that as well. We talk an awful lot about technique and different things and different setups and all like that. There's a lot to be said for just shocking a lad by coming out over the top and hitting him with a big fucking shot and knocking him out. Like, you know, there is a lot to be said for that. At the end of the day, it's fighting and if you can win like that, win like that and hack brass can do it all. So really Especially like at the non-upper echelon level. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing him next. Uh, Gerald Marshak got a good win over Trevin Giles, as we mentioned earlier on. Scott Holtzman got a good win over Dong Hyung Ma. His eye closed up really, really badly. He was stopped at the end of the, the second round. That was a good fight as well. Uh, Mickey Gall was back into the winning ways. Antonina Shevchenko. That was a mad fight, wasn't it? She got a good win. Shevchenko kind of popping back up there. Um, yeah. Like, these cards, like, like there's, there's some good fights in them, but the, the level is... is and the name value and it's not great like but I suppose 
I suppose like just the oversaturation thing, like you can bang on about it all the time, but uh, like, is this gonna, is this gonna turn, you know, casual MMA fans off when when these free cards are just yeah. terrible? Are they gonna think like all these UFC pay per views are terrible as well and just kind of not really have them lose a bit of interest in the sport? Mm-hmm. Like you know, uh, this was an ESPN card as well. Yeah, you know, this is one like. Where like okay, there was like the fights weren't that bad. It wasn't like a lot of decisions like in a row like there has been or there was last week. I think it was, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like you know there wasn't anything like that. You'd be oh that was let's, let's have a gif of that like bar that overhand knockout like and yeah. when g- guys never really heard of the guys, it doesn't really get around like you know mm-hmm. as much. Yeah, it yeah it definitely maybe the Clay Guida Jim Miller fight might be the, the one that stand. Yeah, you needed another big fight though, on that when it's on ESPN. Yeah. Like it's this only the fifty ESPN. Like you have card. a title fight like of a guy that like everybody hates. If you had one more fight, like that's better than the fights yeah. that were on the card. Yeah. It would have really helped. Like and even with oversaturation, they probably could have put that together. But they don't really seem to care. The deal signed and. It, they're going to get the money either way from ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, I must mention, Claudio Silva got a good win. Uh, Lauren Murphy got another good win for Irish MMA there, and Miranda Granger as well. But to me, the standout on, on this card, apart from Kobe maybe, was Matt Schnell Danger. You know, you know, he was on that TV show years and years ago. But this guy in the flyweight division, fly, hashtag fly never die, he is improving an awful lot. I really like him. He's a good fighter. He's four wins in a row now after losing a couple. He lost to Rob Font by KO back in the day. Lost to Hector Sandoval as well. Uh, and he's opening two UFC fights. Uh, and he's come back now with four wins in a row. Beat Lewis Smolka by Triangle in his last uh, fight. Um, you know, coming back down from Bantamweight again. You know, this lightweight division is getting a bit of life back into it. And Matt Schnell is a guy with maybe a couple of wins, maybe one win against someone big, if he can get that big fight. Uh, could be putting himself in line there. You know, let's say Joseph Benavidez is fighting Henry Cejudo next. I don't think Matt Schmell is far enough away, and I think people need to start remembering his name and thinking about him. He's 14-4 and four now, and as I said, 4-0 in his last four. So that's uh i think the part, like that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago like you know when these guys kind of can creep up they kind of creep under the radar for longer because yeah. guys everybody just assumes that they're just uh, another guy who's fighting nobody's that we've there's just too many fights like just even if the ufc just shortened their fight cards to like eight fights mm-hmm. i think it would be beneficial <laughs> like yeah. nobody's really like clamoring to, to tune into fight pass like you know, mm-hmm. half people who we or even hardcore MMA fans will miss a couple of fights at the start because it's a bit of hassle to yeah get it going that's true it's, it's one of those cards like if it was a pay-per-view card Dana White would be coming out afterwards and saying why was everyone fucking giving out it was a great card but the card is bought beforehand and people decide to watch it beforehand and beforehand you probably wouldn't have bothered watching that fight card you would have watched just the main event afterwards and see if it was any good uh, but afterwards looking back at it and think oh, I was a pretty good night there was some good finishes good you know good fights the main event I liked it a lot the co main event ended in a big submission and you know, what more can you ask? They deliver again, the UFC. They deliver again. All right, so let's talk about Cyborg. Chris Cyborg uh, this week has basically been released from the UFC, according to Dana White. He says he's not going to re-up her contract. He's not going to do any matching with it or anything like that. And that um, basically she's free to go to Bellator, free to talk to PFL, 1FC, wherever she wants to go to. He did a big, long interview with Laura Sanko talking about it. And, you know, I suppose, before I throw it over to you last week, I said... 
Chris Cyborg is a lot smarter than people think. I think she's doing a good job here of uh, of negotiating with the UFC, negotiating with Dana White and trying to get a better deal or trying to get the deal that she wants. And I was totally and utterly wrong <laughs> in that. She, that all went out the window this week. She, that, that video that she put up, I don't know if you saw it, but she came out and afterwards and said that it was... it was uh, She had, like, captions on it with quotes from Dana White. And she came out afterwards and said that the quotes were incorrect and Dana White didn't say the things uh, that were captioned. Uh, and, like, basically what Dana White... fake news. Yeah, basically what Dana White had said in it that was captioned was, oh, I tell lies, basically, something like that. You know, in these negotiations, I tell lies. So Dana White, the second Dana White say, he sees that, Cyborg was gone. That was it. That was the end of Cyborg. Now, okay, Dana White says things. It mightn't be over yet. It might, he mightn't be telling the truth. Dana White does tell a lot of lies. But right he's now... He's looking for an excuse to get rid of her. Rid he, of her yeah. well, he's, always, he's always been a big fan of her. You know? <laughs> always been so complimentary of her fighting and her appearance and, uh, mm-hmm. and everything. So, uh, shocker. Well, what do you but think as you say, like, it, it could just be a negotiation tactic from Dana. He could just be talking... And talking to the press in the moment and maybe it'll it'll get done but I don't think that was a great idea by Cyborg I think I think uh, yeah you can get the you can get the contract signed and then and then start trotting Dana <laughs> yeah it just to me it was she'd done well all the time all along because I was thinking about it I was out for a walk there earlier on I was thinking about it I was thinking about Stipe Miocic like and how Stipe kept like gnawing at Dana and the UFC there for ages like about a new contract and about I'm not fighting anyone else uh, until I get the Daniel Cormier rematch on and then he got the Daniel Cormier rematch and he's fighting him again and he hadn't to fight anyone since I was like what's the difference there between kind of how Stipe did that Stipe, and Stipe is by no means a big drawer and a very very good fighter absolutely nothing bad to say about Stipe not you know not a great interviewer longest reigning yeah. heavyweight champion ever is he yeah but Cyborg is a bigger draw than Stipe I think people, people know Cyborg more than they know Stipe you know they want, <sighs> people want to see I don't, that I don't know if she is anymore is she still I think she is bi- this, was she ever this big draw like, like if you make the right heavyweight fight and you sell it well I think she can probably like he can probably do similar numbers to her. I mean, well, I I think she can do it against almost anyone. And a bigger fight like her versus Nunes again, I think it would be a bigger fight than than almost anything. Steve but like if you do. stick her in there against anybody as a, against, you know, who would you stick her in there besides Amanda Nunes See, that, at the top a of a pay per view event? And you know, if you could get like Stipe in there against. Yeah, but I think the you know, opposite is the thing, right? Let's see, you say you put Stipe in there against I don't know name. You know, Walt Harris or someone like that, a good, a good heavyweight. What's what's that going to draw as a pay-per-view main event? Absolutely nothing. Like, Cyborg against a no-name But there's more options. Like, you have, like, yeah. Nganu, you have, like, potentially Lesnar, you have Cormier, you have mm-hmm. potentially Jones. There's options there for, for Stipe in the future. Yeah, but I think, So he's more valuable to keep around. I don't, than, I don't think he is, to be honest. I, I really don't think he is. I think Cyborg against a no, no-name opponent is more of a draw than Stipe is. And I think if Stipe loses this, he's just back to, like, being contender number one. Whereas Cyborg... Even if she lost to Manny Nunes again, I still think she's in there and still think she could have big fights in that 145-pound division. But my kind of point on Stipe was, you know, he caused the ruckus. He he said what he needed to say. He, you know, he wasn't a pushover. It wasn't a walkover. And he still got the fight. And I think the UFC actually respect that a little bit when people do that and they're, you know, on that kind of championship or close to championship level. But Cyborg did that and I thought that was smart. But didn't she went too far with that video at the weekend? With basically, like, the stupidest thing she did as well was, and Dana White said he'd do it, but 
I don't I don't know. She said she wanted a one fight deal, fight Amanda Nunes, and then leave win or lose. It's like that is never ever going to happen. Now Dan White said he'd do that uh, and put a champions clause in it, so if she won, she'd have to stay around and defend the belt again. But he said he'd do the the one fight and let her go. But it's just it, from a business point of view. That made absolutely no sense, I thought. And that video that came out afterwards, it it gave Dana White, you know, the you know, the, the moxie to, to, to get rid of her. And then there was there was no need for it after that. And you could see him kind of smiling in that video. He was happy, like, to to kind of get rid of her. Because we talked about it last week, and I was on Submission Radio a couple of weeks ago, and, and I said it as well, like, when you look at Dana White, and this was even before the fight, and you look at what he said and what he did, like, he was basically saying Cyber doesn't want to fight Amanda Nunes, you know, she doesn't want the big fights anymore. She came out, He came out this week and said she didn't want to fight Nunes in the first place. She wanted to fight uh, um, uh, Cindy Dandoa and Pam Sorensen, and, you know, she never wants any of these big Cindy. fights. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm the person who makes these big fights, and Cyber doesn't want it. So, from that point of view, right, Dana White had himself... In a perfect situation because if Cyborg leaves, he said that Cyborg doesn't want to fight anyone, according to Dana White. Whereas if Cyborg signs and fights Amanda Nunes, Dana White made this deal happen. He made this person who doesn't want to fight anyone fight the best fighter in the world. And what a great matchmaker he is. So he has left himself in this perfect situation. Whether that's right or wrong, that's what actually has happened. So, you know, from Dana White's point of view, Cyborg. And if she does lose to Amanda Nunes again, which she probably would if if she took this one fight deal, um, and obviously you mentioned there's a champ to be a championship clause, that you'd have to stay if she won. So it was too dangerous either way. Her stock would be even lo- would be it's like her stock was higher before she lost to Amanda Nunes, obviously, and it's lowered since that. Like, and it would be lowered again, and she'd be less valuable to to Bellator, for example. She'd still be very valuable, but it would it would take a little bit of value away from her in terms of uh, attracting an audience. So yeah, Dane. Dane and the UFC are obviously in a position of strength as always with nearly all of these negotiations with fighters and even the likes of Cyborg who draw more than than the average still the UFC remains in the in the much stronger position it's only when it comes to people like McGregor and maybe now Habib and it's hard to know with people like Diaz because it's a long time ago now and he hasn't really proven himself by himself as a draw but I, I think he would draw more than more than most so there's not many people who can kind of play the game that Cyborg try to play and maybe Cyborg was was thinking she, that she's more valuable to to them in their eyes than she is, and obviously Dana's willing to cut ties, so it hasn't really worked. Yeah, when you play the game of Thrones, you win or you go to fucking Bellator. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like to me, it's it's a bit sad. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of fighters. I'm a fan of great fighters. I'm a fan of great fights, and it's easy to look at Cyborg and say, "Oh, she lost to Manny Nunes. She's not the best fighter in the world." But who's the second best fighter in the world? Like, <laughs> who who's up there? And you know, you might say, okay, it's Valentina Shevchenko. You might say it's just, you know Ali Malay, McFarlane, or whoever you want, Julia Bod, whoever you want to say it's you know five or six people in the UFC. But it could be Cyborg too. And for the UFC to throw away the the second, third, fourth, fifth best female fighter in the world, to me that's very very sad. Like, yeah, I but they to... threw away like the top know, pound, yeah. pound fighter in Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. A lot of people's always definitely the top flyweight. Uh, for years and years in people's eyes so yeah it's, if, if you're not drawing these big numbers then you're dispensable and if you cause a little bit of hassle they're they're willing to cut ties with you and so you got you got to play their game um, unless you're the one percent yeah and the, the problem with it is as well is like I, I want to see her fight in very very good fights and there are many in the UFC right and there are almost none outside the UFC or oh, you can talk about Kayla Harrison or whatever but I don't think she's ready yet uh Julia but I don't think she'd beat Cyber but to, uh, imagine this right 
and, and people said because okay she beat a man or she, she got beat by Amanda Nunes that's it why would we want to see that fight again imagine this right imagine this Conor McGregor knocks out Jose Aldo, right? Imagine Conor McGregor can't go to 155 pounds. And the next best challenger at 145 pounds is like uh, uh, Ricardo Lamas, right? Who would you rather see just Conor McGregor fight Jose Aldo again? Or would you ra- rather see him fight Ricardo Lamas? Or go to, you know, Bellator? Or like if he hadn't made that <laughs> hilarious video of... Uh... <laughs> but, but you know what I mean, like, when there are only, Our like... Videos. When there are only... T- and this is a harsh thing to say, but at the moment, right now, there are two great, great, great 145-pounders in the world. Kale Harrison might become one at 155 pounds. Julia Budd's a good one. No, you know not about it, but there are two at the nah, moment. Nah, Julia Budd's nowhere near. No, yet. she isn't. But there are two at the moment, right? Let's say McGregor and Aldo are the only two, and McGregor knocks him out in 13 seconds. You have to make McGregor versus Aldo again, like. You have to do well, it. Yeah. Am yeah. I wrong? No, I think, I think, I think it makes perfect sense like um it's just it's for example in that example this the, the numbers are will be so different i think you know for cyborg i'm not sure what numbers are doing we'll probably never know again with the cspn thing but yeah. it's just it's just um it's just the, the the hassle of cyborg in in their eyes just isn't worth it and i can i can see a little bit why mm-hmm. like dana doesn't like you know if 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 a fighter's coming out making these videos and you know you can see what like chances are when you're making that video you know that Dana White's going to be not yeah. happy with this like like you're poking the bear and that's what happens when you you know why does this make bite you because you were fucking with it like. <laughs> exactly yeah the, it's it's really as we move on here it's a kind of an analogous to the rest of the UFC and to to how the UFC has been doing its business you know over the last year or so and as you mentioned there a very good point about. Uh, ESPN and the pay-per-views being there, do they actually need big draws anymore? Because they're not getting any extra money. Well, I'm sure they're getting a bid or whatever, but they're they're getting their five hundred thousand pay-per-view draws, as Dave Meltzer has reported. Out of do you every think there could be some kind of? Um, I, I didn't read the deal, but do you think there could be some kind of deal where, for example, a McGregor Habib rematch might be on normal Directv pay-per-view? Uh, I, there was at the so time, much money to be made there. Like. Mm-hmm. At the time, they were talking about. It's not impossible for that to happen, I don't think. And, you know, the, the, the deal sheet or whatever is not. I think Dev Meltzer was saying that again, but, you know, someone could correct me if I'm wrong there. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, you know, maybe with McGregor and Habib, maybe with a big fight like that, or McGregor versus Poirier, Poirier wins, or McGregor versus, you know, Masvidal or Gaethje or Cowboy, whoever. Uh, but they didn't do it for John Jones. You know, they didn't do it. For, I know John Jones is not McGregor. The difference between 500, 600,000 and yeah. 2.6, 2.5. Yeah, that is that is very true. And for Cyborg as well, it's not going to happen. So she is part of the rest. So, like, do they do they read, do they need, <laughs> do they need someone who is maybe a short-term draw in terms of mid-term draw or, like, to just below mid-term draw? Uh, or, well, actually, these days, you know, you have John Jones... As maybe you've low, then you've mid, then you've high, and then you've Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think that that's Conor or uh, uh, Cyborg is probably in like just under. But do you see now that probably like they're thinking we won't have McGregor forever? Mm-hmm. We gotta make sun or make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, could they do that with Amanda Nunes though by fighting her against Cyborg and beating her again? <laughs> like, it's. 
that's a tough one not to do I think like I really do think that's a tough one not to do like you could ma- and Dana White's always you know, you know he took the absolute piss out of Darren Ravel as well in, in that interview he did with uh, my good my good friend uh, Robbie Fox there a couple of weeks ago again you gave him the t-shirt and all about Manda Nunes not being a, a star this is how you make a Manda Nunes even bigger of a star by beating Cyborg again and beating everyone like who's a Manda Nunes gonna fight next like Ketlin Vieira I like Ketlin Vieira I think she's a very good fighter I think that wouldn't be a bad fight actually but that's not gonna make Amanda Nunes any bigger of a star like there's no Shevchenko maybe coming up you know for the, the champ versus champ maybe but you know I don't think so I think Cyborg is the one like I think you're you're cutting off your nose to spite your face a little bit here as well with this Cyborg thing and I understand why he did it 100% but I feel like if Dana White had gotten the Cyborg business for another year it would have benefited him a lot and didn't get rid of her. You know, he was being very, very ruthless, but I think he could have been even more ruthless if he had, if he had uh, you know, left it for another while. But sure, these things happen in MMA as they say. Having said all this, though, would you be surprised if, like, in three days' time or a week's time, she signs a new deal? I, I actually would be surprised, but... <laughs> Yeah, would that you be surprised? surprised? A little, uh, a little, maybe, a, yeah. maybe a little bit, but not really. Like, mm-hmm. it could just be like you know, in the moment, and it's like you know, in front of the camera, being like, "Ah, oh, nobody fucks at me." But then, maybe, maybe somebody above says, "Yeah." We don't want to go into Bellator, Dana. Mm-hmm. Sort that deal out. Yeah. Maybe Cyborg's thinking like, oh, maybe I went too far there. I better come back with my my cap in my hand. <laughs> you know, any of that could happen. But yeah, it I kind of hope it gets done. Like, Me too. Yeah. But yeah. Never know with Dana. You never, <laughs> never know. You never do know. Um, all right, let's move on. Speaking of uh, people who have left the UFC, and you mentioned him uh, a while ago, Demetrius Johnson uh, fought there yesterday. I don't know if you, if you did you see it. Did you manage to catch the fights? No, no I PJ? didn't see it. I just saw the results. Yeah, I, I saw him the, this morning there. I watched him back. They're actually up on YouTube if anyone hasn't caught him. So I'll, I'll give a quick run through him. Uh, actually, in the main event, Martin Nguyen uh, won the the featherweight title or defended it even. Um, uh, he won in the second round by a TKO. Uh, but um, Eddie Alvarez won as well against Edward Flyang, uh, and he got hurt in that, in that fight. He got hit with a big shot. Uh, got hit, hit with leg kicks after that. The leg kick knocked him down uh, badly, and he looked like he was getting beat again. There was big, big ground and pound. Um, uh, and it looked like Eddie Alvarez was losing yeah, again. Yeah, just watching it now. He's just been, been yeah. watching the highlights here. He's just been dropped and he's been ground and pounded, but he, he still has his control. Uh, the guy's uh, Yang. Yeah, is yeah. He gets reversed and um, probably shows a, a bit of naivety. Like yeah, you know, yeah. if if there was if Eddie Alvarez was in that position in, in the UFC, maybe it would have went differently. But I suppose. Uh, it's, it's hard to know because these guys I think a lot of the time when they leave the UFC no matter how good they are they, they don't t- a lot of the times they don't train as hard they don't take the opponents as seriously mm-hmm. you see like a guy that if they're fighting in the UFC and you, they'd be a huge favourite and they'd nearly definitely beat and then they go out there and look terrible sometimes mm-hmm. so I think that plays in a little bit as well like but uh, yeah Eddie Alvarez obviously he's tough as nails he's been hurt before against much better fighters and um, it's just it's just kind of a no man's land though let's be honest yeah. out, in, out in one like it's there's no promotion for it over here it's on at who knows what time it's just um, Freddie Alvarez it makes more sense than Demetrius Johnson because mm-hmm. he's kind of been there done that everywhere like you know there's kind of nowhere <laughs> Eddie yeah. Alvarez wanted to have been before that he hasn't been so it makes sense but for Demetrius Johnson it's just, it's just sad that he's out there it really is and for Eddie Alvarez as well though before I get to Tadija we talked about in a podcast maybe 
maybe after the McGregor fight, maybe before the McGregor fight even, that Eddie Alvarez, the, the damage was about to stack up on him. He wasn't going to be able to go forever. Uh, well, I was getting, I was getting like all sorts of criticism for you probably too. For we were talking about how uh, these decisions, he didn't really deserve to have the title, even though obviously he beat RDA and mm-hmm. he wasn't really the best fighter, and there was a lot of you know McGregor was going to destroy him and stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, people just think I or you're biased or whatever. But I think, I think nearly like if you're going to pick a, a champion. For Conor to move up from forty-five to fight or fifty-five, he'd be up there the, yeah. the, the top picks. I like but it. that doesn't take away anything from how mm-hmm. brilliant and how unbelievable and the best. Like I, I, I can't think of a better performance in the octagon from Conor. Like it, it was for, by anybody. It was just perfect. Um, it was. It was. It was next level. Like he made Eddie Alvarez look like he didn't have a clue what he was doing. He looked, mm-hmm. looked, made him look afraid. Just, just dominated him, clowned him. Like, and that's probably people's lasting memory of, of Eddie Alvarez because he was fighting outside the UFC for most of the time, and his run to the title wasn't really, bar his the actual title fight wasn't really highlight real. It was more grinding decisions that could have went either way. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, uh, kind of on a bit of a tangent there, but yeah, yeah. But, I, I, like Eddie I, Alvarez. Obviously, people might rem- might think he's not as good as as he is. Mm-hmm. Like having, like, I know we, we criticize him a lot, but when you're well, not criticizing him a lot, but kind of played down his his upper echelon credentials yeah. before that fight, but he still is obviously a, a very top fighter for what fifteen years long, as long as I can remember, really. In a way, that's the thing. Like he was a top fighter for years, and you can't stay a top fighter for years, especially with the damage you take. Like there's no doubt about it. Eddie Alvarez was a great, great fighter, one of the best, probably the top, at least top ten lightweight in the world for six seven years at least top five for some of that as well top two or three arguably as well for some of it but if you look like i'm just looking quickly through his record here if you you know the last fight where he got knocked out badly two dustin barrier fights took a lot of damage in those fights just engaged yeah, the michael chandler fights the like two of those even fights, yeah. back then before he came to the ufc mm-hmm. and the mcgregor the, fight the as one well. where he, the fight where yeah the mcgregor fight the fight where he won the title against rda he got rocked in that one as well probably concussed yeah you know it's a lot it's a lot of time in the cage a lot of damage um, it's it's, right. it's going to add up, and when you're like the kind of the point here is, I think when you're fighting these opponents who are not to the standard of a you know an Anthony Pettis or a Conor McGregor or an RDA yeah. or whatever, it's, it's hard to take it as seriously. It, like, yeah. it's not just hard to take it as seriously, but it's hard to take damage. It's hard to keep keep up in terms of your training and you know taking it seriously, as you say, but also like your brain. You can only take so many so much you know so many shots. You only have so many miles in the legs. You can only train so hard. You can only fight so hard for so long, and it's not possible to keep that up. And I thought it happened during his UFC term, and maybe it did a little bit, but I, I think we're really, really seeing it now. Eddie Alvarez is, you know, I'm not saying he's BJ Pin or anything like that, and he won today, and maybe this is a bad time to be saying it, but you could see it in this fight, and you could see it in his last fight as well, that he's not the same guy as he was, and that's just the reality of fighting, to be honest. And I suppose for Demetrius Johnson then, like, the, this watching this fight as well was like... This is why you don't want Demetrius Johnson fighting at 135 and fighting going up and fighting Dominic Cruz again or whatever. Because this it's flyweight here in 1FC, but it's really bantamweight because of the non-weight cutting and the weirdness and whatever, however it fucking works out. I don't know, 1FC is just really weird. And this guy is way bigger than him. Obviously not nearly as good as him, but he got a chance just because he was so much taller and was able to push him against the, the ring here. It was actually not a cage, it was a ring, which was a bit weird as well. But Demetrius Johnson did a did a great job of getting back. He, he got on top for a lot of this fight. Uh, 
uh, landed a lot of ground on bound one with at least the last two rounds anyway the first round um, uh, Tatsumishu Wada who's not a bad fighter at all got got Dimitri Johnson's back and it was it was a good fight but Demetrius didn't look the same he just doesn't look as fast I think maybe it's the weight as well um, uh, and <laughs> you know, carrying that extra weight or doing it differently, it just doesn't doesn't allow fighters to be as good. Eddie Alvarez to me looks a bit smaller as well. And Demetrius just looks I don't know, he doesn't look the same. I don't think fighting in a ring suits him as well. Uh but uh yeah, it's the thing about this is like as well, when you, when thinking about Cyborg is like, what if Cyborg ends up here? Okay, if she ends up in PFL, even if she ends up in PFL, you know, she's fighting on a Facebook stream on a Thursday night, like, you know, that's a bit sad as well, isn't it? For one of the best fighters in the world, for someone who who we've really, really longed to see for years and years and years. Now if she ends up in Bellator the way they're kind of rising up, maybe it'll be a little bit better. We might get to see her in Ireland even, it'd be great. Uh, and I know Andy Stevenson has called for her to fight uh Sinead Kavanaugh, which is a fight that, that could happen as well down the line, but yeah, it's we st- we want badly for lots of these MMA organizations to rise and for fighters to be able to go there and for it to be like them fighting in the UFC. And Bellator have done that a little bit. Like Roy McDonald has had some big fights. You know, Vincent Anderson is going to be main eventing over here in Ireland. We're all looking forward to that. And you know, Brian Bader is a double champion. He's done really well there. But it doesn't really happen anywhere else at the moment. And it's it's a wild, wild situation for someone like Chris Cyborg, someone like Demetrius Johnson to be leaving the UFC and going to that still at this stage. So I suppose let's let's see where that how that works out over the next couple of years. But how and ever. Actually, before we uh, move on to, to next week's card, before we finish up the podcast, I don't know if you listened to my um, my podcast I did with Tommy Holdo, Tommy Toehold even. If anyone sign up on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast, myself and Tommy talked about who was the, the best 145 pounds ever, 45 pound fighter ever. And on, uh, on Twitter, John Kavanagh replied saying, oh, if only one guy had beaten the two of them, <laughs> which we talked about on the podcast, obviously. But loads of people like came in afterwards and go, oh, why, why is this even a discussion or anything like that? But you're, as someone who is literally the, like the biggest Conor McGregor shill of all time <laughs> there is there is a discussion to be had there though isn't there even if you think there's, McGregor is the man there's definitely a discussion oh yeah there definitely is because like as I always say when he's the greatest of all time or greatest certain weight fighter it's it, it's always what what you what criteria you personally put behind greatest or mm-hmm. best or whatever the question is and uh, is it like are you looking at it historically or in the moment and stuff like that as well? Like, so, like, I, I think, like, are you looking at it? Are you are you looking at it as just fighting? Are you looking at it as everything, the whole bundle of prize fighting? Because mm-hmm. then it's definitely 100% Connor. If you're looking at it as prize fighting and yeah. promotion and everything, it's, it's, there's no even contest. It's like Aldo was beating people for years in impressive fashion and nobody cared outside of the hardcore MMA fans mm-hmm. so uh, it depends on the criteria you're, look, you're looking at like but I, I do see the argument of like they fought and he destroyed both of them like or mm-hmm. like handily beat both of them and it's a good argument like but there's definitely other arguments that can be made that are that are debatable yeah there's there's loads of debates there and the, I think the one thing about Aldo okay you you can make the argument with Max Holloway that he was a young fighter but McGregor still did beat him McGregor was a younger fighter at that time as well and you know you can maybe it'd be a different fight if they both fought again at the top of their game whatever you know and that Max Holloway's done unbelievably well since that you know one like yeah you know, like having like the, your age as a fighter like I don't know, like how many fights Holloway had had compared to McGregor at that time, but well, yeah. Holloway had been in the UFC for longer. You know, like you could. But McGregor, McGregor wasn't 
when he came into the UFC, McGregor wasn't a normal UFC debutant. Like McGregor was, McGregor was close to championship level when he came to the UFC. I think, or maybe a yeah. year away from it or something. There was no doubt about that. I don't think. But he, what? How many fights was McGregor? Was like eleven and two when he entered the UFC? Was he? Uh, yeah, maybe a, twelve maybe and two. Yeah. Like but Max Holloway was only like what eight and two or something like that, wasn't he? And McGregor did yeah. beat him on one. But like, I don't think anyone on earth would argue. I, that I don't think he write it off as oh, Max Holloway was just. Kid. No, no. You but know, it's, it's like he definitely is, isn't. He wasn't the fighter he is now. Or mm-hmm. You can't write off Max Holloway not being the best featherweight ever by him yeah. losing a fight. You know, four years before he became the champion. Like <laughs> I don't think that's yeah. it. And also, you can't write off Aldo not being the best. And look, I've come yeah, to the conclusion. Mc- McGregor was thirty. Was or McGregor went thirteen and two, and mm-hmm. and and uh, Holloway went was, was seven and one and went seven and two. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's there's a few extra fights there, but it's not like you know oh this guy's like just like fresh oh, out no, of the no. fucking you know just been born and you know uh, this guy's like experienced like Holloway had fought in the UFC before and yeah. w- like was was a really good fighter then and hasn't lost at at the weight since then so that says a lot as well but he is definitely a much better fighter and Connor went on to be a much better fighter than when he yeah. fought Holloway as well I think so both it's, things have changed. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the one thing I want to, and you know, the Holloway debate is a, is a funny debate because you have that and then you have what he did afterwards. And I think when, with both Holloway and with Aldo especially, it's what they have done and the longevity of it. McGregor has never defended his title, even though he beat both the other champions. And the, the thing, and McGregor has great wins, you know. And you know, if you think I'm talking negatively about McGregor, Very I kind of, I kind of <laughs> said in the podcast, I'm kind of coming down on the side of McGregor being the best ever because he beat the two of them and because he beat Chad Mendes and because he went on like a seven or eight fight run and there whatever but you have to look at Aldo right and you say okay John Kavanagh makes that argument McGregor beat both of them but he beat Aldo in 13 seconds right and he, McGregor deserves that win 100% one of the best wins in UFC history but it does not kill Jose Aldo being a great fighter it does not stop that nine year undefeated no. streak through WEC and the UFC it doesn't just just yeah. please it just you know? shows how harsh a game MMA is yeah. like one minute you're on a 10 year win streak the next minute you're knocked out cold in 13 seconds that's MMA yeah. like that's the risks you're taking going in there every time mm-hmm. And like, let's say Conor McGregor had gone out and lost twice. He's never fought a featherweight again after that. Like, John Jones could go in there in his next fight or two fights time against anybody, somebody who's considered not as good as him or anybody and Mm -hmm. get knocked out in 13 seconds doesn't mean John Jones is never good. Yeah. (laughs) Demetrius Johnson goes in there, gets knocked out by some guy in one FC, gets caught with a big left hand or something, Mm -hmm. 10 seconds into a fight, ground and pounded, stops in 13 seconds. It doesn't mean, oh, he was crap all along. Mm Who's who's a greater UFC fighter, right? Who's a in the history of the UFC? Who's greater, Demetrius Johnson or Dominic Cruz? Jesus, I think that's um, an easy question to answer. I think it's like, I think it's Demetrius Johnson, yeah. but like Dominic Cruz did completely dominate him. He like did, he did, he did, but Demetrius has still, Dominic Cruz, and it's because of injury and everything like that, and I know. Yeah, Demetrius that's Johnson, why they're kind of playing as well, like what could have been with Dominic Cruz yeah. like, as well. Like, it's, but that's the thing, just that, because someone yeah. beats someone, it doesn't mean, and both of them can be great fighters at the same time, it doesn't mean that, and I'm coming from this from... And you have to take into account though that like he is a bigger guy, mm-hmm, a yeah. bigger weight class, like I think, you know, people kind of... Going back to McGregor, people kind of write off the, don't even talk about stepping up the weight class and yeah. winning the title anymore. Like it's kind of, it's happened a few times now. Mm-hmm. For like Manu Nunes, uh, Cormier, it's, it is a huge thing. Like people were like, even after he'd beaten Aldo or whatever, people were saying, oh, he can't move up and like, f- f- look at look at 155. It's a killer's row. No way you can go up there and compete. Like, mm-hmm. 
you know what I mean? And then he went in there and had, as I said earlier, one of the best performances, not the best performance we've ever seen. Yeah, I think a lot of people's issue as well with McGregor is, and you know, who not, especially when we're doing the 145 debate, and I talked about it with Tommy, like the, I think everyone agrees nearly that his best performance was against Alvarez, and that was at 155. And so yeah. far, that and Habib. And look at look at Holloway. Like, we're not saying we're, we're, we we talk Holloway up all the time. Mm-hmm. Talk about how great he is, and he went up against Poirier, and look what happened. Yeah, as you used to say, it's it's not so easy being the double champ, is it? Like, and then maybe things <laughs> change a little bit, but lots of guys tried it and it have fails. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, that doesn't count into who's the best 145 pounder ever. I I actually I was saying that last week. I think it's Aldo, and I think Max could could change, and Max still could change. You know, if he goes in there, beats Volkanovski, beats Zabit, and you know, beats Frank Edgar again. Well, I think it, I think it can take in, like a, you can take a little bit from like fights inside the weight class. Like it's not not a complete write off. Like you know, uh, mm-hmm. for example, if somebody like like fights some somebody in shows, for example, Conor and Eddie shows like skills mm-hmm. that you haven't seen before. In for example, in their run, you yeah. could say, oh well, like he could. He obviously that that shows us that he's good at this or good at that. Like mm-hmm. it's not like a complete write off for like are you like towards your credentials or your CV in the division? I don't think. Yeah, like and I suppose as you said, it's how you look at it. If you look at longevity, it's obviously Jose Aldo. If you look at records versus the other people, it's obviously Conor McGregor. You know, if you look at who's the best fighter ever, maybe it's not obviously Conor McGregor. Maybe it's him if you or look Max at the whole Holloway. Package of, of MMA fighting, prize fighting, it's clearly McGregor, McGregor as well. Yeah. And if you look at like who has over the next year the ability to, to take that crown away, and it's Max Holloway in as well, maybe. You know, so it's it there's de- it's a debate. It's definitely a debate there. And I, I think whatever answer you give, I don't think it's the right answer. I don't think it's the wrong answer, to be honest. It's one of those three lads. If you you know, probably a lot of people out there are saying it's Frank Edgar as well, because Frank Edgar fans, you know. <laughs> but you know, these things happen to them anyway. Alright. Before we finish up here, let's talk about next week's uh UFC card and <sighs> Valentina Shashinko is fighting Liz Carmouche for the UFC flyweight title uh, here and I watched a couple of Liz Carmouche fights this morning I watched a couple of Valentina Shashinko fights this morning this is going to be an absolute blowaway Liz Carmouche does not have one hope in hell of winning this fight Valentina uh, Shashinko what? she could get on her back in some kind of like there's definitely some kind of way she'll no. win like she's probably no. not going to win but like Ronda Rousey had to bite her way out of a rear naked choke before so yeah. Against Liz Carmouche. There's always a chance in MMA, but that's like something something very unlikely happening. Is, if, Liz, is if Liz Carmouche wins this fight for Man United versus Liverpool, the next game that they have, I'm gonna I'll change my Twitter background, my Twitter page to a Liverpool crest, and I'll tweet pro Liverpool things for the whole game. That's what's happening. Great. If that, if I've got, Carmouche... got none to lose, so that was perfect. <laughs> do you want to do it? <laughs> yeah. uh, it'd be a bit unfair to say you have Valentina and you can do it for Man United. No, <laughs> if that, she hasn't a hope. Like... You've already said it, it's over now. <laughs> yeah, she, she hasn't a hope. Non-negotiable. Everyone will be shouting for fucking Liz Carmouche. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> people poisoning Shenko's water before the fight. Well, I went back, right, and I watched Liz Carmouche's last fight against uh, Lucy Pudlova, right? And what she did very well was she got the underhook, pushed her against the cage and pulled her down and on the feet uh, she waited for her bided her time she has actually some very very good takedowns and different takedowns as well you know actually funny we talked about Demetrius Johnson a little bit earlier Demetrius got a beautiful double leg in the middle of the, the ring you don't see it that often in the cage maybe maybe it's different because it's the ring but he did it beautifully and Liz Carmouche got a lovely double leg in that fight as well uh, at one stage as well um, Pudlova went to kick right and she just fell on the ground went under her pushed her she p- pushed her off balance and then took her down it was I don't know if she meant it or not but it was, it was absolutely brilliant but the, uh, watching that right she has ways of taking people down okay she's she's very very good takedowns but you look at Valentina Shevchenko's fight right and I went back and I watched the Juliana Pena fight and I think Juliana Pena is a very very good wrestler a very very good clinch and stuff like that and 
you know, if you, even if you watch the first two minutes of that fight, uh, Pena pushes her against the cage, has the underhook, and what does Vantina Shashinko do? She trips her, gets on top, and lands some big ground and pound. Watch the uh, Kohachera fight. She does the same thing. Trip down on top. Liz Carmouche, or, uh, yeah, Vantina Shashinko's going to win this fight via ground and pound. I'm almost 100% sure. If, if, you, if you can back, bet on something to win, ground and pound, uh, Valentina Shashinko. That's how this fight's going to end. Easy. What do you think, Graham? Well, yeah, it's very like I think it's it's probably going to be a finish on the feet or on ground and pound, mm-hmm. but it, it it could also like Liz Carmus is pretty tough, but like I think she's going to be a lot smaller. I think just I think she'll get worn down. I I say if I had to pick a free bet something, I'd probably say just a TKO. She get dropped on the feet, maybe maybe a couple of shots. Obviously, is is normal when you've dropped somebody. So yeah, probably ground and pound, but maybe not in from a wrestling position, maybe from a standing position, dropping her and grounding and pounding her, maybe third, late second or third third round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, it'll be, it'll be a good showcase for Valentina Tina Shevchenko. Anyway, God, it's good to, to see her fight, so let's let's see how that uh, goes. Uh, after that, then, Vicente Luque against Mike Curry. Vicente Luque has won his last, <sighs> last five in a row. This card is, is, Shit. Yeah, this card is... There's a guy 3-0 and on the main card. Like, uh, Cyril Gane Gain. Yeah, I don't know who that is. And uh, uh, Rodolfo Vieira is like five and now. Like it's kind of these these guys that would be on the Facebook prelims in years gone by. Mm-hmm. That Bobby Moffat, he's a, like a good enough up and coming prospect. He's a, a bit of a mad joke. He was on the Contender series, I think, wasn't it? Or was it the tough? No, I don't know, the Contender series, I think. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, you know, Tisha Torres is on the undercard here is against uh, Marina Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, other than that, yeah. yeah, other than that, not really. Volkan Altimir against, against uh, Kunchen- Kunchenko, who's twenty mm-hmm. and zero. Who I don't know who he is. Let me just. <laughs> oh yeah, he is the yeah. Look him up there. He is the guy I think who is like um, Wolverine is his nickname. What's, what's uh, his, is he the guy that's he beat Okami? Mm-hmm. He actually has two fights in UFC. Yeah, he's he's very uh, good. He's yeah, he's very Thiago good. Thiago Alves, he beat by decision, and Okami, he beat mm. by decision. Like obviously, they're older guys, and uh, but they're but, like they're tough. Especially Okami is is a very good, relentless wrestler. So uh, yeah, twenty and I was an impressive record. Like he's he he put uh, Alexander Botenko away. Uh, before coming to the UFC, who who are, who fought a cage contender against Gunnar Nelson years Ooh. ago, um, yeah, like you know, most of the guys on his record you you haven't heard of, but he's fighting in like you know, uh, probably Russia and countries around there, and there's some good fighters there. So it's always hard to know with these guys, but he's he's coming to the UFC and maybe not the most impressive on on paper. The two decisions, like if you're if you're twenty and zero, maybe in people might think that you're kind of more developed than that than that and might be putting these kind of older guys away but Gilbert Burns isn't exactly a top guy so it's another chance here maybe you know uh, I, I, let me just check what age this guy is Gilbert Burns is good though I, li- I like Gilbert Burns 35 this guy is yeah, yeah. He's, he's like you don't, you don't want to make it happen now and you don't want to go in there and be impressive against Gilbert Burns and finish him mm-hmm. yeah uh, look, I suppose after that, then as I, as I mentioned, the Luke and was always uh, always an attractive record, like so. Yeah, it is always in fairness, and uh, you know, Russian as well. You know, you, they like Russians. I think they're going back to Russia soon enough, aren't they? So maybe he, he could be a, a big part of that card as well. Uh, but you know, after that, not really much to be honest. And I suppose look, with the the main event, we have a title fight anyway. And uh, there you go. Actually, Oscar Pichota, actually, as you mentioned, had Alpha Vieira there. He's what 11, 11 and one or something like that as well. 
and uh, you know he lost his last fight, so it's interesting to see how he comes back uh, after that one as well. So these things look, these things happen in MMA and all all that good stuff, right, Graham? Anything, um, anything else to say there before we uh, before we go? Any any crack with you? Well, actually, we we were kind of recording this podcast very early, so we'll have the the Q and A out on Thursday. If you have any questions after this podcast, <laughs> lash them into us, and uh, we'll answer them on the Q and A. Let's see if I have a got be, one. Yeah. One. Will you be watching the the champions of Europe against the domestic provincial champions uh, tomorrow? Uh, in the friendly, the big friendly that uh, Man United counted as a trophy recently. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, Who you up for? Did you hear you up for uh, Liverpool again? No. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear Pep Guardiola yesterday saying? Um, Oh, we can't spend all this money, you know, like Liverpool did and like other people did. We can't spend, you know, basically saying Liverpool financial doping, which I, I appreciate it, but like, <laughs> all a lot of shit, like, we can't spend any money. Like, what are you talking? You spent 50 million on the fucking right, sub right back. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, um, like, uh, yeah, I, it's ridiculous. Like, when you can afford to just, like, oh, we don't care about Lee or Sana, you can leave or you can go. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, come on, like, um, his squad is unbelievable. Like, someone like Lee or Sana starts and is one of the best players, or if not the best player, in nearly every other team. Yeah, he's class. Like, and yeah. you're willing to just let him go. Like, he's one of the, like, when Liverpool play Man City, he's probably the most effective player they have mm-hmm. like he's on the game, best players game in the after league, game like, he's unreal. he's so direct so quick makes the right decisions uh, okay people say oh it's because he doesn't track back enough or something but <laughs> like having that guy in your squad like when you when you when you need to for example if if, if Liverpool are playing Man City and you need to change the game that's mm-hmm. the perfect guy to bring on yeah exactly perfect <laughs> like, and uh, actually, fresh uh, legs, especially that guy coming on as a sub, and you've been running around sixty minutes already. Like mm-hmm. fucking out. I've we've one or two more MMA things. I have a couple of questions here, but before that, Harry Harry Maguire, what do you think? Eighty million. I know the price is a lot, but man, you need him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm not sure about Harry Maguire. Like he he shows he shows uh, like a, a lot of good things that he does. Like he does very well, but. Is he that fast? Can he turn that quick? Like, is he going to be like when he's when he's coming up against? If Man United are going to try and challenge for like you know Champions Leagues and the likes like that again, like is he <laughs> going to be able to to dominate central or center forwards the way like for example if Van Dyke might? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Like he's he's no like because of the price he's been compared to Virgil Van Dyke, but that's the only reason you would compare him ever yeah, to Virgil unfair. Van Dyke. Van Dyke well, because he's yeah. like a human and uh, plays football at center, central defense like, yeah. that's, and then that's the only similarities. Like Van Dyke is the best <laughs> best central defender in the world by a, an absolute country mile at the moment. There's no one even close to yeah. him. So. But you, you know, the prices have gone up an awful lot. As I tweeted yesterday, like uh, Danny Ings cost more than Alan Shearer like back in the day. So, you know, prices are going up all the time. This is just the premium. Yeah. Man United, well, is that Longstaff deal done yet? No, yeah, fifty million. <laughs> what, what, what do you think of uh, Dybala as a straight swap for Lukaku? Wait, what the fuck? I think he doesn't. He doesn't want to go to Man United. No, he know? doesn't. But I hope they fucking force him. <laughs> Just, he doesn't need to try him out. That is, yeah, he was so good before they brought yeah. Ronaldo in, and they were like, "Can I move over there, Dybala? This new guy's here. Like, don't worry about it." That would be the the stupidest deal in the history of of football. Like, and the best deal for Man United. But Conte ever. though is always gonna. Well, not always. Sorry. but recently is. Sorry, Sarri's with Oh, sorry, sorry. He's always um always been oh not always, but recently has been trying to get Lukaku, so it does make sense on that end, but the ball going to Man United, like he'd be he'd be mad. Yeah, well, hopefully he's a bit mad. <laughs> Giving him a lot of money. Let's do it, let's do it. Alright, a couple of uh things before we go. Um So no, hold on, before before you move off, watch your prediction for Man United's 
finish this this season. Oh well, we, we actually we have a podcast to do. We'll be doing it next week. Someone in sent in a, a weekly uh, topic. So maybe I think the uh, on Thursday evening the window closes at five o'clock. So let's Slam say short, you mean. Sam short at seven. So, <laughs> so let's 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 pencil in a podcast for that night, Graham, if you're available, and we'll put it out that night after the window slam shut, and we'll talk about it and we'll discuss what we think. But we we'll see the window slam shut, and then there's like a deal for a few more hours, and then it's like you wake up in the morning and there's been a couple of deals. You're like, what the fuck happened? There? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that does happen in fairness, but I think that'll be a good time to do it anyway. Even if it does, we might uh, we might end up doing a different one. I think there might be a lot of late activity because I think kind of everything's waiting. Let's see, or is Neymar going to go back to Barcelona? Going to free up money? Is Dembele going to leave? Yeah. Is like you know, just it's maybe nothing will happen because the the market's so distorted. Like you know, you're paying you're paying eighty five million for blockheads. Mm-hmm. How dare you? So have Liverpool <laughs> bought a, Liverpool are not buying anyone or anything? That's and that's a problem yeah, too. I think it's 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 more Liverpool are like you know going to. Uh, Rian Brewster for example like people are like oh you need to, a, a replacement for the, the front four or for the front three and then Origi as well like so uh, you have Brewster and like Jurgen Klopp showing a lot of confidence in him to, to not bring somebody in because like this is the time that if you basically bring in whoever you want mm-hmm. so it's 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 like Klopp's been you know he's built his squad really well so he knows what he's doing but I'd say if there was like example for example, Bruno Fernandez, like Liverpool were linked with him, and then it went all quiet, and nothing's really happened. He's he, he's there like uh, after the Liverpool game, hugging Klopp and having a chat, and then he's like saying goodbye to the fans and all this stuff, and then we it just goes silent. He's so heavily maybe, linked to Man United for months. Yeah, and months but like, and why the fuck would you go there? Like, you know, this guy scored thirty-one goals from from midfield, yeah, attacking midfield last season. That Liverpool thing won't last either. It's not gonna last. But like you know, for example, I I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a, a late big deal like that. Yeah, there, uh, there if, will be. Sure, like everything's going to be kind of late now. If, only like you know, days. like if for example Neymar was to was to join Barcelona, mm-hmm. then other than Bele or Coutinho is going to have to go. Do you want Coutinho back? I take Coutinho back. Yeah. Okay. All right. We better end this fucking podcast. You take on Man United, obviously, wouldn't you? Mm, I'd rather Dybala. Oh, come on! You take Coutinho. I'd definitely rather Dybala. Straight up for fucking Lukaku. Yeah, but Dybala hasn't done it. Can you do it on a, a, a rainy Tuesday in, in Brighton and Hove Albion? Can Coutinho <laughs> either? Though. I like, I like yeah, Coutinho. Yeah, you can, yeah. I like Coutinho. I think he's a good player, but I don't know. He's a bit of a, a, good player. He's a, great player. He's a bit of an 87 minute taking shots from 35 yards and he scores five of them a season type of guy. And that's good to have, but I'd rather Dybala, to be honest. I'd rather Dybala. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Um, we Switchkick asked about Cyborg's PR team and PR in general in, in MMA. And I think it's a very interesting question because well, we've seen some guys in Irish MMA with like people running their Twitter account in the UK MMA and all over the world MMA. And it's I always hate it. And everyone knows you're doing it. And it never looks good. And for Cyborg, it, that's obviously what's happened with her. You know, I, I'm sure you get a lot of DMs from her, and loads of other people get DMs from her as well. And it, it never looks. I cool. think she's. I don't know. She, she. She. That's kind of dried up. Maybe she's her boyfriend or whoever's doing it has realized that I'm never going to reply or yeah. do anything. So, or maybe I don't know. Yeah, but it's. I. I think sometimes that's like left best left. And just don't do that. <laughs> you know, just, just kind of take a step back from that. Um, yeah. And you know when you see people like MMA quote media mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter trying to like message Conor McGregor or John Jones or oh could you give me a quick follow for a DM about an interview it's like yeah. oh my god man just don't Jesus do that, like, Christ yeah. please you're embarrassing everybody who yeah. sees this sweet not just yourself <laughs> alright that's it from the Severe and May slash soccer podcast um 
and we really enjoyed it thank you very much sign up patreon.com forward slash if you're a podcast there might actually be something kind of cool coming to patreon in the next while but it isn't finalized yet so sign up there anyway we'll see what what, what goes on tease well, tease but there's loads of other Don't podcasts worry. there anyway. when nothing happens people are like what was it what was it we'll tell you in like 10 years um, alright everybody all that's left to do is inspirational quote of the week Time is Europe. where you invest your love you invest your life we'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday or Saturday.